the consumer protect their asset and protect their investment when they paint it. When you finish painting a building, that shouldn't be the end of the relationship. You should be working to continue that relationship until we repaint it again. And that's our ultimate goal. Welcome to the Commercial Painting Podcast. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just getting started with your business, we're here to help you take your organization to the next level. Thanks for tuning in to today's conversation. All right. Welcome to another episode we got today. We're excited again. We are recording from the uh, right across the street from Wrigley Field during the CPA conference. And we have four guests today. We got some guys from the other side of the world. Ozzy's with us. And uh, welcome to the show today, the Higgins Coatings guys. And yep. so I'm going to start with Cameron. Why don't you introduce the team? Tell us a little bit about your organization. We'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, David. Um, it's great to be here. Uh, great to be at the CPIA this week. Um, we've had a ball. And uh, yeah, I've got myself, so um, general manager, one of the general managers at Higgins in Australia. And we've got Harry Higgins, who runs all our national uh, operation, all our, all basically our national projects. Uh, and he's the son of Jared, who's um, funding this trip. So very, very grateful to be Thank here. Thank you, Jared. But he's looking after us. Like, we were supposed to look after him, but I think he's looking after us. So. <laughs> And we've got Dave Stevens, who's a Melbourne repaint uh, manager, who's been in the business 19 years and does a fantastic job for us. And we've got Glenn Manette, who's a big part of my HR team and uh, across nationally, across Higgins. Is, um, so, yeah, it's the four of us. We've, I think we're on the road. We've been on the road. Uh, this is day 12. Um, so we're halfway today of our world tour. So, yeah. Um, so Higgins Coatings, we've been around 74 years. Harry's great-grandfather. Actually started the business 1949. Grandfather, Grandfather, Grandfather sorry. Yeah. Um, started the business off in 1949. And yeah, man in a van, that's the story. And we're over a 1,000 employees today. And it's a magnificent story and something we're very fortunate to be part of. And uh, we've got 25, 26 branches around the nation. And we're still growing. I've just opened up a new one in Queensland. And yeah, we're Australia's privately, biggest privately owned uh, painting contractor. So... Yeah. Um, that's what we're about, a, re- a repaint business with uh, a small new construction element. Yeah. So, so you're, what, what part of the country are you from? I'm from Brisbane. Yeah. So I live in God's country in Queensland, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> as I call it. Um, yeah. It's like Florida, so very similar to Florida. Um, we get about probably a week's worth of cold weather a year, yeah. and then the rest of it's hot. Um, How's the team? Harry and Dave, they're yeah. in Melbourne. Um, yeah. Glenn's in Brisbane with me. So, yeah, yeah it's... It's a good time of year to be over here. Um, it was a little chilly on Friday when we got into Chicago, but that's <laughs> yeah. no, great. Cool. Well, why don't you tell everyone, uh, so kind of like give us a quick summary of what, what you guys are trying to accomplish on this journey. So you guys are gone for, what, 20-plus days or so. Yeah. What, what's your uh, what's your goals? And you know, where you, I mean, you don't have to go too deep, but uh, yeah. give us uh, an idea of not just this CPI, but what, what else are you guys trying to accomplish? Yeah, uh, so the – First week we spent on the road basically drone shopping. Um, yeah. Been doing a bit of research around drones and um, as everyone knows that a big part of our business is uh, maintenance and maintenance agreements. And like everyone, we're struggling to have uh, to you know, get labour in Australia. Labour is a real struggle for us and any way we can look at an opportunity to be able to uh, compensate that. You know, potentially drones and helping us in our service our maintenance agreements by pressure washing or power washing, as you guys call it. Um, we're looking into that at the moment and looking at investing. Um, so we've spent the first week on the road. We've done a hop from basically the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, which has been good. It's 
been great. Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, yeah. And we've met some incredible people. And, um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be part of the CPIA with the peer group, your group, David. And um, so it's great for us to be able to attend this this week and, again, meet a lot of new people, but catch up with a lot of familiar faces as well. And then um, we're off to London tomorrow, see Bell Group and then Heinrich Schmidt in Germany. So I guess the basis of that trip is uh, we need to do some development and bringing on um, some young people into the industry and certainly in our business. And we're looking at setting up an academy at Higgins back in Australia and uh, Bell and Heinrich are are quite um, the leaders in that field. So we'll be doing a bit of research on that in the next week and um, that's the basis of our trip. So 22 days, I think it is, we're away, so... The eye-opener the last couple of days has been spending time with a vast number of companies from different sizes, but it seems like even on the other side of the world, we all kind of encounter the exact same problems. Mm. Um, And listening to some of the people on what their problems are, it's no different to how it is back home. Mm, The scale of it sometimes is is different. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn, you're in the HR side of things, so why don't you tell us what you're trying to accomplish on this trip or anything you've learned too. Well, my objective has been more to learn about the uh, apprentices and training and how we can learn from the companies that are doing it. But uh, separate to that, it's been great to meet all the small business owners and learn about how they uh, different actions or ideas they've got about how to engage and retain their staff. That's been really good to listen to things that we don't do. A lot of the smaller companies are doing. And uh, so anything I can pick up, any tips been fantastic. I think it's also, we've got, say, 25 branches, but those 25 branches are still individual businesses, so we can sort of still resonate with those smaller companies that are or a range of all companies, the larger and the smaller companies. Right. So that's been fantastic to pick their brains, and we know yeah. we're not perfect and there's uh, plenty of opportunity to grow on our ends. We don't do everything perfectly, and there's yeah. been plenty we've learned from all companies here. Well, I hear that you guys don't spray very much over in Australia. That's guys- correct. Yeah. Is that old school stuff? Yeah, absolutely. We're a big brush and roll and um, yeah. it's, you know, we've got a, another spray day uh, rollout coming up in October and um, you know, our partners in Graco and Dulux back in Australia are helping us with that. And yeah. uh, We did it last year. It was a, a, a great success and something that we got out of, you know, our um, trip to uh, Orlando 18 months ago and uh, we brought that back and we saw we really have to break that barrier. Yeah. to increase the ratio of spraying. So, yeah. yeah, something we're working towards. Well, before we transition to the maintenance thing real quick, I was, Harry, just tell us a little bit more about uh, your background too and, uh, you know, I know you, what caused you to... How we got you home. Yeah. How we got you home. So <laughs> I, was doing, I did a lot of work um, with the company when I was at uni uh, and then I went out and did got my accounting degree and worked at BDO for three to four years uh, then at an engineering consulting company for two years. I've always been interested in coming back. We, the, I think there's a great culture, which I experienced uh, when I was at uni for three years working part-time. So I decided to jump back on board at the start of this year and bring back some of the knowledge I learnt over those sort of six, seven years of being away from the business. Uh, so it's been fantastic to bring some of that back and... Uh, yeah, loving being back. And don't worry, no one's listening. So <laughs> what's it like to work for your father? I mean, do, you, do you like being part of the, you know, being a part of a family? I'm like, if I had to work for my dad, I don't know, I don't know how that would go. Right. Yeah, we're, we're pretty separated day to day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, working for, I'm working with Nick Higgins a lot, so 
he's not exactly family. He's a Higgins, but he's not the uh, not a family Higgins. And a lot of people have said he's the smartest Higgins to ever work with the business. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been good to be yeah. working with him and learning a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's really the, the core thing about Higgins is, is it is a family business and yeah. you feel that every day within the walls. Um, I'm lucky enough to have been there almost 20 years. My father worked there for 32 years. My brother's coming up to 20 years. And there are other families within the business similar to ours. Um, you know, once you kind of get in, they treat you well. They do well by you and you never want to leave. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think we heard kind of a testament to that. Tom Walter talked about culture and stuff. And I think that that's evident. And I, you know, I, I, I've done some follow up since I came. I went to Australia and visited, spent a, spent a couple of weeks with these guys and saw their offices. And I think one thing that you, you said, Harry, about we have, yes, we are a huge company, but we really are, you know, 23 of me, my business. We have all these different offices, different people own it. It's been inspirational for me to think about, all right. How can I roll that into my, you know, instead of like, I'm building this big company. No, I just want to build 20, $5 million offices. Mm. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to build a hundred million dollar company. I'm building 20, yeah. $5 million offices, you know, and we're up to two offices. So we're, we're growing slowly, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started a lot later than 1940 something. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so let's, let's change gears a little bit and go to, the thing that everybody loves and I think that you guys have really done a good job of. And I think, you know, you guys, I think kind of in your international travels, you kind of brought maintenance as kind of like, Hey, we want to do this. We found some other people that are doing it. I mean, it, I'm not suggesting it was your original idea, but I think you've pulled it off very well. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it makes up almost a quarter of your revenue annually. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last couple of years, whilst we've always done it the last couple of years and certainly coming through COVID it's, made it more important for our business to have recurring revenue and that revenue set out from not just a sort of a two-year cycle but a three, four and five-year cycle. And that's what it does. It gives us a, a platform and a base every year from our revenue side of things. So it's a free kick going into the new financial year. We have got some clear targets and goals. We just released a, a tiered approach and a sort of a product approach uh, 18 months ago or basically two years ago and uh, that's that's brought on the business uh, from a maintenance point of view really well. Um, the point about it is, is um, uh, there's a line that I always say, and, and these guys sound like a broken record over the last couple of days, <laughs> but if you buy a car, you buy a car, you've got to service it, right? Um, anyone that gets their uh, building painted, they're making a significant investment and you should protect that investment. And that's usually with maintenance. So... It can be maintenance up to three metres, um, servicing, architectural brake servicing, you know, power washing. We're looking at the drones at the moment. So uh, it can be discretional maintenance. Um, so we look at discretion hours, uh, hours, particularly with malls and shopping centres, etc. And it's all pay-as-you-go. Uh, we work on a pay-as-you-go model mostly. We do finance. But what it's meant to do is it's to really um, help the consumer protect their asset and protect their investment when they paint it. When you finish painting a building, that shouldn't be the end of the relationship. You should be working to continue that relationship until we repaint it again. And that's our ultimate goal. You think that'd be a no-brainer, but I think a lot of the folks in the United States don't do that. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's quite a few that do. But, but I don't know if we yeah. articulate it well either. We don't, like, yeah. I think like he just was able to give a pretty it's, quick pitch. Yeah. That was pretty compelling. It's well articulated. And I think that like well, if somebody can listen to the show and take that away, I mean, yeah. that's, that's yeah. one of the things. I think step one 
is to articulate it very well, if you right? you look at the T's and C's of the warranties from the painting companies, it stipulates that buildings have to be washed every year to maintain that warranty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you start pointing that out to building owners, they're like, so wait a sec, this piece of paper with the warranty is worth nothing if I don't wash the building down. Yeah. Yeah. So right. you, it's, it's not a sell. It's but you guys are really good from what I've gotten to know you, Cameron, last year and a half is that you guys wear it on your sleeves. Yeah. I was this this week. Uh, it's hard to obviously we're on audio today, but um, yeah, you guys, the shirts you've been wearing on this trip. Yeah. I'm get, I don't know if you have it. In Australia as well, but you guys wearing the maintenance yeah. on your sleeves. It's telling people to throw. Yeah. Tell us, tell the enhance, maintain, protect. So yeah, that's right it, there. So you guys are like everywhere yeah. you guys go. Your marketing really is yeah. uh, telling your your audience we're a maintenance contractor, right? Well, we're I think maintaining the, services. The biggest change in our business in the last um, two to three years is we now live and breathe maintenance. I would think we talk about maintenance more than we talk about repaint. Absolutely. Yeah. To the and, point that, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And, and you know, from our point of view is to really increase the ratio of the offering we put in our quote submissions. So not just a repaint quote, but on the next page, it has a repaint quote plus, plus maintenance, yeah. right? Because you really need <laughs> to get the client thinking about maintaining the property. A lot of the, the, the contracts that we are selling the client isn't coming to us looking for it. It's we're showing them the benefits of it and yeah. showing them the cost savings, and it's a no-brainer for them. I think it's also selling the customer what they actually need. And so we've got the enhance, maintain, protect, and they're three different price brackets. The protect's the more expensive one. We're not yeah. trying to sell that to every customer because uh, it's not necessarily what they need and what they'll be after. Yeah, I, mean, I was listening to your talk on in our peer group, and you were saying too, you're, you're also open to talk to your your prospects or clients about budget too, yeah. which a lot of people don't do that. I think, I mean, you're supposed to, you should be, but you guys yeah. are having an open conversation. You're helping. Tell us more about that. Like, uh, yeah, you talk about it's budget. something that we've really worked on and um, we're very big on uh, qualification of opportunities. So yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of opportunities that, that get presented and leads get presented at Higgins. And we, you know, we can't, we're not going to win them all. Um, we can't quote them all. So we need to be diligent around that from first point of view, but one of the main criteria around qualification is understanding what the consumer that we're pitching to spends on painting and maintenance every year. So, you know, you can go in with, say, a million-dollar proposal, yet they only spend 50 grand or 100 grand on painting and maintenance every year. So you, we're very big on tailoring our offer, um, and particularly around the pay-as-you-go, the, the um, agreements are staggered repaints, so we do a lot of staggered repainting. Uh, on a complex or a building, um, but it's one of the key items for us is, you know, how much do you usually spend or what are you looking to spend? And also finding out the journey of how they've got to talk to us. I mean, we we don't sell ourselves. We try and find out as much about the consumer as possible. So that's really important as far as us putting something together, particularly from a maintenance point of view. And how has it been received by, uh, you know, your prospects? Like, what's their response to Are you having mostly... Are you closing more jobs this way? Are you getting more, like, pushback? What, what does that look like? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the strike rate around the country is, is very good. Was so, that kind of where you saw some growth more when you got into the maintenance, you think? 100%. Yeah. It, yeah. It's your not only closing more, but um, certain segments are definitely more receptive to it because it helps their budgeting long-term yeah. as well. So all of a sudden, they don't have to think, well, what am I doing this year? What am I, if they can plan their next six years of painting maintenance, yeah. lock it away. They don't have to think about it. So um, it yeah. helps them as much as, you know, it helps our business. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I, one of the things as we've been kind of, you know, going down the road and obviously I've been really exposed as right with you guys. So, but one of the questions is about, you know, just offering, I mean, it almost sounds like when you say pay as you go, it's basically just time and materials painting. So like if I'm a buyer and I mean, I'm just, you know, this is a question that I would always have is like, if I'm a buyer, like what, what's the advantage? Like, am I getting a discounted rate? I mean, you're, you're, when you say pay as you go, that's just like, I'll pay as you, you can pay me to paint as you go anywhere you want. I, you know, yeah. call me, I'll show up and paint and I'll send you a bill. Yeah. So I, that doesn't seem unique to me, but you're packaging it a little bit different, but there's gotta be something that is unique in the yeah. offer proposition that would make someone want to do it. Look, I think it's the knowledge of having the one service provider all the way through. I think, you know, as Dave said, the Ford forecasting model, I mean, where you, you're locking those prices in with, you know, the increase of CPI, basically. So you've got a really clear picture. If we were to do that annually, then in you know years three and four, that price could go up astronomically, right? But oh, yeah. You've got that five, seven year plan where, okay, you can work into a CPI and you know that's pretty much locked and loaded. So we're talking about four or 5% CPI, yeah. basically. So they can lock that and, and load it. Um, the, the agreement as well is flexible, right, from a pay-as-you-go point of view. So if the consumer runs into, say if we're looking at a hotel and the consumer runs into uh, cash flow issues where they've got to replace three lifts in a year or mm. or whatever, you know, they might call us and say, hey, look, we can't afford the painting this year or we'd like to end the contract. Well, that's fine. Yeah. That's no worries. Or the other part about it is, you know, we like to think whilst we're in agreement, the client, if they don't see value for money, they can write us a letter and opt out of the contract. So it's a yearly KPI for us. We've got to yeah. achieve. We've got to perform. They own the contract. It's up to us to perform to keep it. Got it. Right? So that's a really big KPI for us to perform every year, show value for money, and keep that contract, basically. Yeah. And to and just so that we can interpret for our English-speaking audience, uh, a, lift, a lift is an elevator. And CPI, or CPI, I'm assuming, is Consumer Price Index, right? Correct. That's what you're referring That's to right. as a cost, market. Cost price I just want to make, okay. Yeah. You, what do you call it? Cost? Cost Price Index. Okay. Here we call it like the consumer pricing index, yeah. but yeah. I just want to make sure that the people that are listening. Are you talking you know, meters? You talking feet? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Celsius and Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. So no, fair enough. No, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I I think that that's uh, it's something that we could all strive for, and it's it's cool to see your success. And I'm thankful for you guys coming down and doing the show. Yeah. I guess to. Kind of wrap it. Uh, two things. Uh, one is I just wanted to kind of ask you about like your journey with CPIA. You know, this is a CPIA podcast. So just kind of like, you know, I, Nick is the one that originally had found it, mm. but I don't know, like, you know, and then obviously you guys ho- were generous and hosted an event um, mm. in your country for a couple of weeks in February. So yeah, I uh, got to know more of the members and then you became more and more involved. So mm. maybe just kind of a little background on, you know, your feelings about the CPIA, the event, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that, um, Originally, um, Nick was um, sending out a few emails to a few U.S. contractors, and I think he sent oh, Steve. he sent Steve a, an email, and I've, I think I've got this right. Where Steve looked at it and gone, "Who is this sending me an email from Australia?" And he nearly deleted it, <laughs> but he actually responded to it, and then you know Steve introduced us, um, obviously to the CPIA, and um, obviously gave the chance to visit, um, you know, eighteen months ago, and um, yeah, we got the chance to visit Harrison's and Grey Days, etc. and um, you know, Nick was involved in, in the peer group initially and then I got involved and, you know, I catch up with David and 
and our gang every you know six weeks and yeah. Uh, the first meeting, I, I don't think I was a fan of because I, I got up at 1 a.m. Australian time. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, if I'm going to keep doing this, I'm not getting up at this time. So we worked. So now it's that. 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 5 a.m. and they see the sunrise in, in, the, in the background. And um, But overall, I mean, we like being in this group because it's quite unique to us. And I've said this the last couple of days. A few, few of the guys have said, why are you here? You know, why, what are you doing here We've said that it's quite unique that all of you contractors get together, right? You painting companies get together. Um, because in Australia, uh, if we got our companies together in Australia, um, it'd be like WrestleMania. Right? <laughs> so um, We can edit that out later if you're yeah. gonna, you know, just in case you do have to share this in Australia. Um, but uh, in saying that, like, we, we get on and we say, yeah, know, hi, how's it going, how's business? But you guys, you care about each other. You're connected. I can see that. There's a lot of great relationships you guys got, yeah. um, and we don't have that. And it's great for us to be part of it and be invited and, and spend the week here. We're, we're actually trying to work out how we can replicate this back home yeah. in some kind of way. We don't have the answer at the moment, mm. but yeah. we definitely see the benefit of it, and we're working out how we can do that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's super valuable, I and mean, I've always been a proponent because at the end of the day, I understand the competitive nature and like there's a couple of competitors of mine here and some I might not even like, but um, <laughs> I, I think yeah, we'll, we'll edit that out too. no one's listening. <laughs> so I, I think though that, um, you know, I would much rather compete against someone that's at this conference, investing in their business, knows their numbers, is doing the costing, is doing the takeoff, is trying to build a better business. That's a much better competitor to me than some guy who invests nothing in his success and all he does is just race to the bottom on price. You know, like that's not who I want to compete with. So from my end, and you know, if I, I'm not saying that I'm giving advice or parting any advice, but from my perspective and the perspective that I think you would lead with and is just that, right? So like, yes, you're my competitor, but I'd rather have good competitors than bad competitors. And the best way to get good competitors is to kind of come together and be like, yeah. we're all going to do business well. Yeah. You know, we're going to do a good job at business, you know? And I think that that is really what sometimes changes the game in people's mentality when they're like competitor, competitor. I mean, that's small thinking, right? Yeah. The, the tide rises all ships, yeah, right? Yeah. So if we yeah. can bring that up. You then see it, that in the rental car company too. There's, there's, there's a lot of them out there, but there's usually like, there's like three or four main, you know, rental car companies out there it's nice for and, they, and they know yeah. that they're there. They're not trying to yeah. get rid of them. They're saying, Hey, we're, we're not number one, but we're going to, we're, we're okay to be number two or, you know, whatever. So there's a, there's space for all of you guys. No you different know. to back home. We'd rather yeah. compete against right. the better companies yeah. because they're, we're offering yeah. something similar to them. It's yeah. like you said, it's so the take smaller this, companies. Take this episode back, share it with all your competitors and say, listen to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe get them to join the CPA. I like yeah, a right? few calls. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. only one thing else I like coming you can to buy them up. Way. Buy them out too. <laughs> it's Aaron's call to attention, right? Listen up. That's it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's somebody's going to get the attention. Everybody's loud talking. I'm like, hey, guys, guys, guys. You're like, listen up. Uh, yeah. And everyone goes, who would have thought Americans being loud? Hey? Yeah. Well, we'll wrap up too, but I just I would want one final question, just uh, like 15 seconds or less. Uh, close with just any, have the Americans helped you guys in any way? I know that you guys have given a lot. You know, Cameron, we've, already said about the 18 months so have you learned anything from us in the last uh this time or since you've been here like any takeaways real quick 
Yeah, I think uh, one thing that you guys do for your uh, painters that we don't do is look at some sort of productivity bonus incentive payments. We don't mm-hmm. do that at all. Mm-hmm. That yeah. could be something that could be good as a, or even a team bonus Yeah, to help out. Yeah. yeah. Plus the marketing side of things that you guys do. Um, speaker we had today was a, a massive eye-opener for all of yeah. us. Um, that'll be something we definitely take back to our teams. Yeah. When you guys have never been into fashion over there. Too like I was just I gave Cameron a hat. Yeah, hey, we've like, got two new hats. I never there. seen someone get so excited about it. We just gear. got some prototypes done <laughs> prototypes today, today, so we're taking them back. So yeah, um, look, it's it's as I said, it's great to be involved. I, I mean, one thing you guys are very advanced on is your um, programs, your technology. Uh, there's a lot to choose from. Um, you know, they're, they're, I've listened to some today. We've jotted them down. We're going to go back and do some research. And um, you, you guys are very advanced on that. I mean, we're still I'm running a whiteboard in Brisbane, right? So. Uh, we, we've got to get that better. So, yeah. yeah. So if people want maybe just contact, website, or yeah. whatever, just some sort of information about how people can get a hold of you. I mean, you guys all introduce yourself, so maybe just the main website is Higgins Coatings. Yeah, uh, higgins.com.au. Um, okay. Yeah, it's, it's basically the best, but um, the CPI has my uh, contact details and Nick Higgins and, and these guys, and um, I'm available on WhatsApp as well, so um, you can get that through David, I guess, and you guys, so. Yeah. yeah, happy to help out. Perfect. No, that's great. Thanks so much for coming. It's been great. And uh, now let's go enjoy a tour. We'll get you on Wrigley Field. We're going to get a picture in front of the Ivy, and it's going to be fantastic. Maybe we're going to play a little catch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been great. Coming in off the yeah. long run-up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Commercial Painting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and for being a part of this conversation. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and consider sharing this episode with somebody who might also enjoy it. We want to hear from you. If you have thoughts, questions, or even suggestions for future topics and guests, please reach out and let us know. You can find us at commercialpaintingpodcast.com or find our contact information in the show notes for this episode. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Take care and be sure to tune in next time to the Commercial Painting Podcast.